Now, the tourism minister, Mumaluku Kubayangubani, hosted a virtual media briefing earlier on relating to tourism activities under the risk-adjusted Level 3, an update on the Tourism Relief Fund and Relief Fund for Tourist Guides. Now, the minister says after consultations with Cabinet and the National Coronavirus Command Council, numerous changes have been put in place, including the extension of curfew to 10 p.m. Now, accommodation facilities will also open for leisure purposes, However, individuals will be required to remain in their provinces for all leisure purposes. Short-term rental sharing services remain closed, but guided tours allowed in open-top vehicles. Now, on the line, we are joined by the Tourism Business Council of South Africa's Chifua Chivenga. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, good, uh, good evening to you and your listeners. Now, Chifua, what do you make of the new adjustments to the regulations? I mean, are they in your view, going to assist the tourism and hospitality industry in any way? I mean, look, uh, the, what the Minister has announced today is a step in the right direction. Uh, it gives hope to the industry, as you are aware. Uh, we have been uh, advocating as a sector for the opening of uh, accommodation for leisure, as well as, uh, you know, the safari vehicles, uh, you know, to be allowed to operate. So what this does, uh, you know, it allows for accommodation, as you said, uh, to be open for leisure, uh, and it brings hope. You know, the, the sector has been battered. Uh, you know, we, we, we were open for business travel, uh, and business travel is very minimal at this time. Uh, if you look at the airlines, they're operating at 6%. So there isn't much of business travel going on. So the opening of, accom- of, of accommodation for leisure does give us hope. It means that there will be fewer, few more people coming into the uh, the accommodation establishment. Uh, it means that people should be able to, you know, go on safari mm. uh, and get into the open, uh, you know, open safari vehicles, uh, which is something that uh, has been advocated a lot, you know, by uh, you know the operators uh, around the Kruger National Park area and many other private uh, game reserves. Mm. So that goes some way forward. It gives it gives an indication of the fact that you know we are now beginning to move forward. Uh, of course, you know, one of the biggest prizes that, you know, we were asking for is the, you know, interprovincial travel so that people can be able to move from Gauteng to, you know, places like Mpumalanga and be able to utilize this accommodation. So it is something that's still on our agenda. We still have to advocate for that as well as the international inbound, you know, travel. Yeah. I want to chat actually about um, something that has been a major concern. Um, in as far as tourism is concerned, and that's the issue of restaurants. Um, obviously, restaurants in, in recent discussions, you know, obviously raising some issues um, around the fact that, yes, they were opened, but obviously the curfew um, was restricted to 9 p.m., you know, making it difficult, obviously, for some operators to be able to um, assist um, their patrons that would want to stay on for longer, especially the ones that are looking at urgent dinner. Um, in your view, do you think the extended curfew is an answer to the concerns that were raised by these restaurants? Look, it does help uh, when you have a curfew, you know, raised from, uh, you know, 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. In essence, uh, you know, 9 o'clock was uh, the time that we all had to be home. So now it's 10 o'clock. Uh, it means that you can now go to a restaurant and be able to arrive there at 7 o'clock, sit without, uh, you know, um, having to worry about running home. Mm. and have a meal and be able to even to get in your car or to get in whatever mode of transport you have and be able to get home before 10 o'clock. It gives an extra hour of trading uh, for restaurants. It's significant. Uh, and you are able to sort of do some planning around it. 
Uh, although we do know that, you know, there isn't much demand, but we want to make sure that, you know, the demand that's there, you know, people should be well taken care of. They should be able to sit and relax. Uh, and also the, the, waiting, the waiting staff and the chefs and the people that are involved throughout the belly chain, they will be able to, you know, benefit from that. So it's a, it's a step in the right direction. I think it will go a long way. One hour is significant. Uh, you know, do we want to go back to normal hours? Yes, we do. Uh, but we also do understand that uh, the situation in the country is what it is, and we need to work within the, the frameworks that have been uh, described by the minister. So uh, it's welcomed, you know, from the restaurant space, uh, and it's something that's positive. Now, um, with the new normal or this adjustment to what we're deeming to be normal now, do you feel, still think that the booze ban is still having a heavy impact on the sector? Absolutely. The booze ban has a heavy impact on the sector. Uh, you know, from accommodation, you know, if you go to a, to a, a hotel, you know, you, you, know, you want to have, uh, you know, that uh, experience of sitting out and, and, and have a, a drink mm. uh, or have a drink in your own room. So it does have an effect. And also the margins that are made out of the sale uh, of alcohol within this establishment, within restaurants, is significant. Some, mm. Sometimes it, it gets to become 55% to sometimes up to 80%. Mm. So it is a significant amount of revenue, you know, that contributes to, to the sector. And, uh, you know, the booze ban, not only does it impact on the restaurant, it impacts on the value chain. Mm. You know, there are people who make bottles. If, if, you, if, if you're not buying booze, uh, it means that, uh, you know, the bottles are not being made. Uh, and, you know, these guys use furnaces. Mm. And you can't just switch off the furnace that makes bottles. So... We have to think about the value chain. Yes, there is a, you know, a problem with those that consume alcohol, you know, and uh, you know, do all sorts of stuff. Those that cannot control it, uh, we need to deal with that as a separate issue. There are many organisations that deals with that, including aware that all, you know, pretty much tells people on the effects of alcohol. But equally, so you've got a large number of people, you know, that knows how to use alcohol responsibly. So it's a matter of how do we balance the two and how do we make sure that, uh, you know, the education within communities, you know, is there and how do we make sure that those uh, that, uh, you know, use alcohol responsibly can continue to use it. So it is a balancing act that needs to happen, but it is a significant uh, 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 contributor to the margins of our, you know, our sector. So it's important and we need to look at it. Kefua, um, obviously the you know the department's coming out today to say look they received about um, seven thousand two hundred applications um, for the tourism relief fund, and they had obviously approved about four thousand of these, and I think about two hundred and thirty-eight would have been uh, from the Bumalanga province. And obviously that leaves out a significant amount of people um, as well that would have applied. I think about three thousand two hundred. What's your views um, on those ones that maybe did not get an opportunity to be able to get this relief fund? Look, uh, I mean, the relief fund itself, you know, was not uh, uh, a large amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are talking about a relief fund of uh, of 200 million rand here, mm-hmm. so uh, at a cap of 50,000 rand per person. Mm-hmm. So, so it is not a significant amount of money, uh, and uh, you know, it would have been great if we got a billion rand or more, mm-hmm. then we would have covered more people. So it was going to cover a specific amount of people, uh, and it did that, so it means that it's paid out. And I'm sure that the minister would have loved to have more money uh, to to make sure that the mm-hmm. industry is sustainable. But that's what we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do we want more money to be made available for tourism? Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, and we, we we do think that you know government needs to look deeper uh, because you know our devastation is not going to be it's not going to end now. It's going to be longer. Uh, even if we open up borders now, the demand is going to be low mm-hmm. for domestic because people don't have money. 
So we're just trying to get those that can still travel to at least still travel. International may be similar, but international sometimes our core markets are slightly different where, you know, people got these checks from government and they are, they still have money in their pockets, they need mm-hmm. to spend it. They will, they should be able to come down here and also the exchange rate is favorable to them. So, so we need to balance the two. You know, we can focus on domestic. We will have some movement on domestic travel, but we still need to focus on international because, you know, if we look at Mpumalang as an example, mm. a, lo- a lot of those lodges that are there in the Kruger National Park that are private concessions, they are dependent on international tourists mm. that come into the country. And there are many jobs that are supported along the, 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 the Kruger, you know, all the way from Mpumalang, going out all the way to the Bobo that are supported by these jobs. So it's important that we open up you know, the international inbound, so that we can get the very few people that want to travel, that want to come and support us here in South Africa, they should be able to do so. And, of course, sustain the jobs or create more jobs if we can. Mm. And, and I think that's the goal, you know, when it comes to that. And, uh, just to close off, obviously touching on uh, the interprovincial traveling, which is still banned at the moment for, obviously, uh, leisure and so forth. Do you think the country is ready, uh, or South Africans are ready to travel across the country, specifically because of the concerns with people from um, areas such as Gauteng and the Western Cape, where the COVID virus is particularly high? Look, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, especially in the Gauteng area, that are quite prepared to travel, Mm. because majority, about 60% of domestic travel leisure, you know, is done by those that are, you know, from Gauteng. Uh, and they use their vehicles. So you can get in your car and you can go to Pumalang and stay in a self-catering accommodation and not have much of interaction with anyone. Or you can go to a hotel and you can go to a restaurant but have minimal contact. And also the protocols that were put together, you know, they allow us to operate in a safe way. From the game lodges to the vehicles that transport people to, you know, uh, you know, when you get to a restaurant, there are protocols. So we should be able to operate safely for domestic and international travelers. Mm. Now, you talk about whether people are comfortable to do it. Uh, that's something that we have to work on, mm. you know, and we have to instill the trust, you know, to the people to say, well, we are a safe, you know, industry, and we are prepared to do that. We have already started doing it. That's why we are now doing uh, uh, business travel and, and essential travel. Mm. So now we're adding leisure travel. After we add this leisure travel, then we're going to add the in, international inbound. They will see us as the country that has been doing it, have implemented this. We know what we're doing, and therefore, for them, you know, the trust is built. They will then come to the country, you know, with ease, because they know that our protocols are robust. Mm. And by the way, our protocols are world class. Mm. They are approved by the World uh, Travel and Tourism Council. Mm. Uh, it means that they are in power with any other country around the world. Uh, and this is thanks to, you know, the fact that, you know, our industry is very sunny time. Mm. Uh, we have been before COVID-19. We will continue to be more sunny time. And we should be allowed to host anyone who wants to come to our establishment. And the people should be able to cross the border. But, again, we understand that that's, that's not the case at the moment. It's something that's on our radar to open up the provincial borders. And I personally have to say that I'm really happy that we can actually book accommodation for leisure. So maybe it's just in time for my birthday one day. So you can give me a game drive in a room like a Kruger or something. You see what you've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, that's the whole point. We want people that are in Pumalanga travel your province. Mm. Go and visit many different places. It's safe to do so. And by doing so, you are creating jobs.
uh, you know, don't look at it as, you know, it's, it's only, uh, you know, having fun, but that fun that you're having puts food on someone's table. And, you know, we ought to go out, we've got to travel our own provinces, explore your own provinces, ensure that, uh, you know, you, you, you find those hidden spots. And I know Mpumalanga, I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm from Limpopo, I love Mpumalanga. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to the, the, the new attraction there, the gorge, where mm-hmm. you can go down, you can, you can do that very safely. Mm-hmm. You can go to many other places around, you know, Mpumalanga. Savi is very nice. Hazyview is very nice. Uh, you've got, you know, the the the, the three Vandavels. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on. The God's Window. People should be able to get out. Then in Babaton, you have, uh, you know, the World Heritage Site. You should be able to go out and enjoy the province and and be able to build memories, you know, of the province that you live in. So many places to visit, many things to do, and uh, many adventure things to do, and people should be able to do so. Mm. Thank you so much, Chief, for your time. Thank you.